Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. An integral part of the crunch time team here on a Saturday during winter. And he's enjoying his last couple of weekends off, I dare say, before all his time's taken up by uh, a rugby league. Um, Adrian, good morning, mate. What's what's at your top of the list of uh, someone, a mate that you like on um, on the end of the hotline to, to help you out with various problems? Would it be a chippy or a mechanic or something <laughs> like that? G'day, boys. I've actually got a plumber as a brother, but I don't trust him. (laughs) (laughs) What do they they say? Never do business with family or friends. Oh, man. Indeed, indeed. And can I just say, too, that I'm very excited to be on with Dougie Bollinger for the first time. And he wouldn't know this, but back in the day in another lifetime, I actually played a little bit of cricket for the mighty... Fairfield Liverpool Lions. Oh. We used to train out at Warwick Farm, and and the good players that the first graders were all, all being one net, and I was way down the other side of the other end of the scale in uh, playing fours and fives, and uh, it was very exciting to see him. And he he won't know this, but I think it was probably in about August two thousand and nine. Uh, I had my second child at Borkin Hills Hospital, and I was it was obviously a massive occasion. It was very exciting. And my wife, you know, sort of gave me a, a beautiful bouncing boy, which is something that I always wanted. And she sort of held him up, um, sort of Lion King style, and said, behold. And one of the first things I said to her was, I think Dougie Bollinger is in the other room. <laughs> she looked at me, gave me this filthy look and said, well, maybe he can birth your next child. Like, anyway. That would have been the... Was that Sky around 2009? Yes, yes it was, yes. Well, we're at Borkham Hills yeah. as well. Well, Adrian... Um, were, Dougie, we in, were we in birthing classes together? <laughs> Dougie told the story, Adrian, before about uh, how the next day he went off to India for 11 weeks. So he, he really loved bringing in his child to... Uh, the, did you do something like that? both of us were in the doghouse with our wives at the time. And still am. Anyway, let's talk some footy. So, mate, oh, oh, all this, um, you know, are we moving forward with all these meetings and play meetings about the welfare of the women's game, you know, just their rights and things like that. Are they moving, slowly moving forward with, with all these talks? I think slowly is the uh, the key word there. I mean, this CBA, and, and this is just a T, TLA, a three-letter acronym that I think everyone is sick of. Um, you know, there, there's been talk of strikes and, and all sorts of things, and, and it's a process that's been going on for about 12 months. And can you imagine like, when, when there's talk of industrial action that you're a member of the St Helens team that's invited to play in the pre-season challenge and the World Club challenge, and you've come all the way over to Australia, um, you've put your own sort of uh, start to the Super League season on hold, and then all of a sudden you're hearing that maybe you won't be going ahead after arriving in Sydney. Like, it's just an absolute schmozzle, and I think it's embarrassing for the game that it hasn't been done as yet, and we're slowly, slowly starting to, to get there um, you know, we've had three days of talks. We've had Andrew Abdo um, address the players yesterday in Homebush. Um, but they've just got to lock themselves in a room and get some pizzas and say, we're not going to emerge until this is done. But 
having said all of that, they'd probably argue about what pizzas they should get. And Clint Newton had said you can't have pineapple on a pizza, and <laughs> there's nothing that they can agree on at the moment. That, that, that's that's an important thing. Have have some senior players in the NRL and NRLW have they personally been in these meetings? So they're across everything. Yeah, I think this is the first time that Andrew Abdo has been able to address the players directly. So otherwise, all of the, the information has been filtered back through sort of Clint Newton and the RLPA. And this time it sort of hasn't been distilled at all, which I think is important. Um, so, so look, it's, I don't think the players want to strike. I think they want a, a deal done. The last time there was any sort of... Um, you know, boycott of sorts was, you, you might recall, it was way back in 2003 when um, they decided to boycott the Dahlia medals and, and Craig Gow is still spewing about it because he didn't get to have the uh, the medal draped around his neck. None of that stuff's good for the game and it reflects really poorly on the players. And you just hope that over the next week, you know, um, that the parties get together and emerge with a deal done. And, you know, I think you, you touched upon the women's game as well. You know, we, we can't even contract the women as it stands because they don't know, there's no draw, they don't know when they're playing, they don't know how big the squad size is, they don't know what they can pay them, and um, it's just got to get sorted out so that there's some clarity around all of this. Makes it look amateur, unfortunately, when it's not amateur. Yeah. It should be professional. So can you see, um, and it's going to overshadow this week, the All-Stars concept, which personally I love because mm. it's Indigenous All-Stars against the Maori All-Stars it's over in New Zealand for the first time. But can you see that being railroaded by any way or something more material? You mentioned there about you doubt there'll be strikes and things, but kind of, I don't know, me, the media seems to cop it here because there'll be media blackouts and, and things like that. How can you see it practically turning out the longer this drags on, Adrian? I don't think we'll see any games uh, boycotted. I think the All-Stars will go ahead. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if the pre-season challenge didn't go ahead as well. Um, yeah, they, they, they just have to get into a room. Like we've, we've already seen that they've made good all stands, if you like. The players, for instance, aren't speaking to any journalists from NRL.com, uh, which is a bit of a way to affect head office. There was some talk that potentially the season launch... Um, may be boycotted, but I, I don't think that's going to ruffle the NRL's feathers too much. That will just be a, you know, a million dollars that they save on a function that they'd otherwise have. So, and I don't think that affects the fans. So, it's that sort of really fine line for the players in that they want to make a point, um, but the biggest point they can make is to boycott games. But the second they do that, all of a sudden they turn the supporters off. So it's a, a fine balance that they need to tread. Yeah. Yeah, it's touch and go, isn't it? It's a shame, isn't it? You'd think they would have tried to get this done, you know, a couple of months ago, but... We're talking about this in October. Yeah. Yeah, like... I remember. We talked about it last October. Like, like honestly, like, it was... They've had more than 12 months to do it. And, and it, it could get to the point where, um, you know, we get into the season and no CBA has actually been agreed or signed. And I, I wrote this during the week that, that the last CBA, there was never actually a long-form agreement. There was sort of... <laughs> they're working off the heads of agreement, like basically something they jotted down on a napkin, and that sort of pretty much served as the the, the current CBA or the one that's just about to expire. So, you know, I've I've spoken to people in Clubland who think a deal may never get done, which is quite an extraordinary way to do business. Absolutely. Um, the actual footy. So Josh Adokar has pulled out of um, the the All Stars match. Um, like 
nothing to do with the, the CBA situation, but keep fresh for the upcoming season. Is this his decision or club pressure? Yeah, I, I would suggest that there's some club pressure uh, that's been brought to bear here. And unfortunately, he's not the only uh, guy to pull out of the Indigenous side. There's been three others that have been confirmed this morning, and that's Ezra Mam, Chris Smith and Will Smith. Um, and, and I can't speak for, for those three, but you know, maybe that some of them are carrying some niggling injuries. But I think that it's it's normally club pressure that's brought to bear. Um, and to be fair, like it's been a long... Uh, last season was one of the longest ever for the players. It was a long year. Um, in, in the case of Josh Adokar, he had five World Cup games that took him well into November as well. Mm, yep. um, and obviously, you know, the, yeah, we understand that the, the Bulldogs are rebuilding and they've got a big year ahead of them. And I'm sure they, they might have suggested to him it might be in his best interest and the club's best interest for him to sit it out. But we know how passionate it is for him. And, um, you know, I've heard that he's, he's disappointed that he won't be won't be playing. But, you know, it is what it is. Moving forward into the season, Jesse Bromwich named the captain of the Dolphins. Let's, I know a lot of people probably aren't expecting much of the Dolphins this year. Like, what, what do you think their plan of attack is? Just to try and start the season well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that they'll, they'll actually surprise some people early in the season. Um, but because they just don't have the depth. And you look at that squad and... You know, there are some good players in there. You, you mentioned Jesse Bromwich, his brother Kenny's in there, and Felice Kabusi's in there as well. Um, fantastic players, but they're at the, at, yeah, a lot closer to the, the finish than the start of their careers. And um, I actually feel for, for the Dolphins a little bit because they, they just didn't have enough time to assemble a squad that's going to be competitive. And um, I, I think they'll struggle. They are, um, you know, wooden spoon favourites for a reason. And, yeah. The interesting thing, you know, we, we talk about those three Storm players. All of a sudden, it, it's um, it's a challenge for Melbourne because who's going to be there? They're captain this year. So we know it was um, Christian Welsh and uh, Jesse Bromwich, and, and Bromwich is obviously gone. Uh, Christian Welsh is coming back from injury, and he's not going to be playing every minute of every game. The big conundrum for them is do they give perhaps a Cameron Munster the captaincy, a guy who 12 months ago was almost sacked, uh, was sacked from the leadership group and has come back and, and had a big year, uh, re-signed until the end of 27. Do you do you double down on Cameron Munster and say, listen, we want you to, to lead the team as well because there's Surely a, a he wouldn't want that. Boy that that's... Well, no, no spoiler <laughs> alerts, but I'll, I'll be I'll be delving into this a little bit uh, in tomorrow's Sun Herald. Um, I think he, he probably is an option. There's guys like, obviously, Harry Grant and a couple of others, maybe, a, oh, I don't know. I dare say uh, the most experienced guy in that side right now is Cameron Munster. So if it's not a job for for a Jerome Hughes or someone like that, I dare say Munster would have to be in the running. Well, eventually the uh, the, the kind of lively teenagers, they need to work out a way to be able to have responsibility to babysit their younger siblings eventually. So, um, yeah, we'll see how this works out with Cam. Um, speaking of Melbourne Storm, we're into we're leading in now to the annual event, the month leading up to the season, where we work out if Craig Bellamy, this will be his last season as Melbourne Storm coach. What's your gut feel on this one? Yep. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so hard to get a read. Like, as you said, it's an annual game we play, Willie Ohlone, and every year he, he keeps making noises that, um, you know, this will be it. He's, he's had enough, and it's—I don't know—it's—it's it's like um, Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. He's just—he's just got one last, one last gig, one last day in him. So, 
who knows? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes around again, but but clearly now it's it's to the point where they have to have a contingency plan and. And what that looks like, whether it be perhaps a Billy Slater or a Mark Brettnell or a Jason Riles or, or even someone who hasn't been in that storm system, uh, regardless of what Craig Bellamy does this year, I, I think that they need to decide what's going to happen beyond Craig Bellamy. And, mm. and it's a massive hole. I mean, it's two decades, no, you know, with the exception of that Wayne Bennett, no one's been at a club for, for that long. And um, you know, he's just had such an such an effect on that club, probably more more so than than just about any any other figure in the game in terms of their their overall impact on an organisation. Yeah, succession planning has yeah you can plan all you want, but once the big dog walks out the door, two examples: Wayne Bennett the first time at the Broncos. Look at all the trouble that befell them in in the fall. Like, well, they haven't made a grand final since two thousand and six. And Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United, it's taken them a good decade oh, to mate. work out how to replace. And I won't call him an overbearing figure, but you know that the, you know his reputation is overbearing, is it not, Adrian? So how they succession yeah. plan and, and get it right is anyone's business, and they can come up with the greatest plan in well, the history of the world. But it's, it's no more guarantee. than man management, isn't it, yeah. Adam? Like he, he just seems like he gets along with those players so well. And that's that's very hard to find someone that can get along with 25, 30 personalities, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything else on the boil, Adrian, in, in your regard, or are you going to keep your secrets for the paper? <laughs> no, no. It's Look, it's it's a, it's a good time of year. It's all starting to, to heat up. I, I saw with interest that, you know, the uh, the movement of, of Lockie Miller over to, um, you know, from Cronulla to the Newcastle Knights, and he's got some big shoes to fill. Um, given that, you know, he's a guy who probably was, you know, thinking I'd be content to just play one NRL game uh, when, you know, this time last year. And all of a sudden, he's now the starting number one. He's taken Kalen Ponga's number one jersey and will be playing alongside him in the spine. But the guy that I feel for is poor old Kay Dykes um, back at Cronulla, who, yeah. um, you yeah. know, wonderful young talent. Um, he got uh, struck down with an ACL on, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, Turns out that that yeah, it was a, one of those sniper ones where he's gone off his left foot. There was no one near him. There wasn't a, a hand laid on him, um, and and he's sort of broken down, and and he'll Yikes. be out for the entire season. Just so happens that it was the morning of his twenty first birthday as oh, well, um, which is is unbelievable. So I've spoken to um to Kay Dykes, and, and that'll be one of the stories that I'll be writing yeah. for tomorrow's son Harold and and he's talked about you know the way he thought his day would go and the way it ultimately unfolded and sort of a bit of a plan of, of how he wants to come back and he's obviously got um, Adam Dykes who's um, also you know a fantastic Cronulla uh, player of, of the past and and how he'll be leaning on him to, to try to get back and and um, you, know, you, you probably recall Adam Dykes had some some knee issues of his own in his career and, and managed to overcome them so yeah, interesting story, but uh, not a not a happy one for Kate, unfortunately. What a stinker. Uh, Adrian Prashenko, really appreciate your time this morning, mate, and uh, enjoy your Saturday and only a few ones off before you're in here with the Crunch Time team. Good on you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cheers. mate. Cheers, Adrian Prashenko. You can read all this stuff in the Sydney Morning Herald.